Hi everybody, I'm TJ, welcome to the show and welcome to episode 169. Alright everybody, we are back and um, as I told this person off air, like... I'm a huge fan of, you know, just spontaneity. It's just fun just to jump into something and, and, you know, I'm in a better headspace lately because, you know, as I've kind of stated here, my eyes have been really up and down, which is a huge barometer of sometimes how my mental health can act up as well because they're very well connected. You would think after 30 years, you know, you would be used to this, but nope, it just keeps on going. But there's good days, there's bad days, and... Um, you just learn how to fight through the bad days and, you know, you find some, you, you learn a lot more about yourself, especially in those, those dark days, because, um, you, you know, I learned a lot of how, you know, about how strong I am and how much I can endure. Um, but not to make it about myself, but just kind of going on, just, I, I like to, you know, I'm in a better place now and I can just kind of get back to doing some of these podcasts. Um, I still have some done in the vault there. But I, I want to get some more out. And I reached out on a uh, Facebook group that I've I found some guests before. Uh, it's a pretty reliable source. Um, some really good people and um, really great entrepreneurs in that uh, Facebook group. And I uh, reached out and some people got back to me. And this woman uh, was pretty immediate and she had a little time and kind of getting to know each other here. And, you know, I read a little bit about her story. She's very interesting and it's got a message. So I wanted to have her on. Um, so would you like to, you know, introduce yourself and maybe tell us a little about yourself? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you doing this last minute. It's, it's, uh, such a great opportunity. Oh, of course. Anytime. I'm, uh, Amy Thurman and I live with a broken neck. Nine years ago, I passed out and landed on my face on the hardwood floor. The impact sheared my brainstem caused a traumatic brain injury and it actually broke my neck, but that went undetected for six months and it was nine months before I could have surgery to repair it. There was just so much damage done in those nine months that I continue to live with a broken neck. So I can only hold my head up for a few hours at a time. I have to rest a lot. I have a lot of associated illnesses now, chronic illnesses um, that came along with that accident. And for the first year after that, I had to lay flat in the bed for 23 hours of every day. I couldn't see, I couldn't hear, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk. It all made me hurt. And I did that for an entire year. I completely missed my daughter's senior year of high school. I missed my son's freshman year of high school. I missed my younger son's fourth year of life. Mm -hmm. And I literally could do nothing for myself. Like they had to help me to the restroom. It, it was such a low, deep, dark place. I would never, never wish on anyone. I never thought I was going to come out of that. I, I remember praying and praying and praying that I would die because I wasn't living. I was just existing and everybody was having to do everything for me. So I considered using, I had so many medications. I considered using them to make that happen. Sure. I felt like they would be better off. You mean, you mean that? I like remember, an overdose? Yes. Sure. Yes. And then I, I had this moment of clarity where I remember thinking, you know, what if I don't just resign myself to lay here and die? What if I try to get better 
And if I do get better, what if I'm able to use my experience to help someone else? I, I have been an educator and a social worker, so that was motivation for me. So in that moment, eight years ago, I made the decision to begin to fight to live with the intention of using my story to help other people. And so that's why I share my story is because I want to help other people, especially people with disabilities like myself, who may be in a situation where they were like I was, like thinking about doing something that they may regret. And it's, it's simply a mind shift. I know I say simply because it doesn't, it's not a simple thing. Sure, but that's pretty much what happened with me. Well, and you had so much time to sit and think. And those that's kind of that's that's where you can do the, the best type of thinking, but it's also where you get overcome with the most negative thoughts because you really have nowhere else to go. And every time you oh try to talk yourself out of it, because I've been laid up for a long period of time with my illness, um, again, I, I hate to repeat myself on the show, but because we're, you know, getting to know each other, I, at one point uh, so, my, so my eye condition was caused by a high allergic reaction to medication. So all my skin burned off and hair fell out and teeth. And, oh, um, and so wow. I was, you know, I almost died and, you know, I was laid up in the mm. hospital for four and a half months, but there was a lot of recovery when I got out of it, having to get feeding tubes and my gallbladder removed and just, there was so much, I mean, I don't even know what's left in me. Like I, I joke about wow. being an organ donor, but I don't even know what I can donate. Um, <laughs> but Wow. But yeah, so, and, and, you know, luckily for me, I was a kid, but later in life, I still had a lot of complications with some chronic pain here and there. And, you know, and then just being a teenager going through bullying and all this stuff. And so I had a lot of time where I just would lay there and think about, you know, what has been going on with me and am I worth anything and just, just like wanting to die and attempted to and, and just, mm-hmm. you know, but. Right through that, even just like what I was saying earlier, just relating to kind of my eyes kind of were a little off and it's, it's frustrating because it's, it's in a way it feels like a huge setback. Um, even though I'm a better person and I'm stronger, it's just so mm-hmm. hard. Sometimes no matter how confident you feel or how beautiful you feel, whatever, there's, there's just that little dark cloud. Sometimes it can just hang over you and it just strips all your confidence and it just makes you feel less than, um, exactly. Yeah. And, and so I, I can imagine just being in that, just laying there, just constantly contemplating, contemplating all kind of things, but especially wanting to die. It's, it, you know, it's very important to talk about these things because I mean, you know, suicide and all these things, I mean, they're, they're more in the, the focal point of, you know, conversation these days, but still not enough because so many people are so shameful of even having the thoughts. And it's like, no, man, like it's, it's, it's okay. Cause Life gets so hard. It gets so constricting that sometimes it's just like to even have the like the fact that you didn't have a like for someone who not to have a thought. It's like wow. Like I don't even know if that's normal. Just because life can be really really exactly. tough. Right. It has such a stigma, but the fact is that so many people consider it or you know think about it than we even know. Yeah. So it's more of a normal thing than we than we allow it to be. But I. Yes, exactly what you said. I I agree with everything that you said. I did have all of that time to lay there. Most of it was spent in very negative thinking, dragging me down. Why can't I do this? Just wanted my life back. And I remember thinking when I thought, you know, what if I don't just uh, lay here and die? I remember thinking, I have to change something. I, I cannot continue 
doing what I'm doing and get better. Something has to change. And so I literally could do nothing. So I thought, what can I do? What's one thing that I can do that will make, that will allow me to take a step along the path that I want to be on. And the one thing I found that I could do was to listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks. So I began, and someone had to select it for me. Like literally my eyes wouldn't focus because of the brain injury. And I had to turn it down really, really low because of the sound in my ears. But I started listening to Tony Robbins and Dr. Wayne Dyer and other luminaries like that. And just, I just poured in those positive messages and began to change the way I was thinking about myself. And that made such a difference. I called my business. I have a small business now. It's called Polish the Mirror. And I named it that from this experience. There's a quote by Rumi that goes, Ye who seek God apart, that which you seek thou art. If you wish to seek the beloved's face, polish the mirror and gaze into that space. That hit me on a deep level because it tells me that all the answers we seek are found within. We have to polish the mirror, look deep inside our souls, and our soul will guide us along the right path. It, will, it has all the answers that we seek if we will just allow it to share those with us if we're willing to open ourselves and listen. And so it was at that point that I began to get better. I was, then I was able to start my little business and have been really successful since then. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Again, that's something that I love so much about us is the ones who are able to pull themselves up and, you know, again, polish the mirror and uh, who yeah. just show constant resilience and determination because, you know, I've been talking, you know, I'm trying to get this major procedure done in Kentucky with the best eye doctor in the country. And, you know, I wanted to get it done this March and obviously that didn't happen. And it's a constant, they just dick you around and they, they want you to give up. Um, and mm -hmm. they do it yeah. on purpose and it, it just constantly, they'd want you to give up. But the thing is, I've been so resilient every aspect of my life. I've nearly died and came back and I continue to, you know, fight for everything. And it's like, at some point you're going to bump into someone like me and I'm just not going to give up. And you're going to just going to have to, exactly. you're going to have to work with me because I'm maybe, maybe it's That's right. stubbornness. Maybe it's a little bit of whatever mix me up with a whole bunch of things. But at some point I'm going to get this procedure done, whether it works or not, I'm, we're going to pray and hope it does. But I'm going to get it done and no matter how many times they push me away, how many times they screw up the paperwork and all this, I'm going to get it done. And it's like, you know, when you kind of add that aspect to every part of your life, like it, it you know, true strength, it, it, it is, you know, not to be corny, but it's a very beautiful thing. And, and those who show it, it's like, you know, like what we talk about on here all the time about like, what is a person with a disability? What is our superpowers? And we all don't have the same ones, we, we, but mm -hmm. we, we do have some similar ones. And, and uh, like I said, I'm always in awe of just meeting people who have just been through so much and they just find a way to just get up and just pull themselves out of hell and then fall back down and do it all over again and again and again. And it's just, you know, it, yeah, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to see, you know, like with someone like you. Like yes, you went through. my mother, when I was young, would always tell me, why are you being so hard-headed? <laughs> Always, why are you being so hard-headed? And I say now, I was not hard-headed, I was just determined. And that determined spirit has found its place now. I would not be where I am now if I didn't have that determined spirit. 
And so it has served me well over the last decade in, in particular. For sure. No, you have to. Yeah, there's, there's always something. Again, you don't have to be religious, spiritual, whatever. Like there's always something that's just kind of in the back of your head saying something to you. And if you, you know, I w- I've always said if I just listen to like my conscience or whatever it is, if I listen to it, mm-hmm. I'd probably be 100% right like all mm-hmm. the time, but I don't. Um, because some of the yeah. times those vo- the voices, what it does say is scary. Not necessarily like go out and commit, yeah. commit a crime scary, but just, you know, come out of your comfort zone and do whatever this is. Do this now and you're going to be, it's going to be raw. You're going to be naked metaphorically and you're going mm-hmm. to, you know, it's not going to feel good, but you know, you can do it. But then, you know, that's where that little negative voice clicks in your head. Well, no, but if you do that, this will happen. And it's just, it's just a constant fight. But the longer you go through life and the more like, you know, like I said about how my eyes were affecting me, like I popped out of it pretty quickly, especially since I figured out the problem and so on. But, you know, it didn't consume me for months. It just consumed me for Mm -hmm. maybe a week or two. And, and, um, and just, you just evolve and you, like I said, it's the, the inner strength and, and you, again, you, it really is beautiful when you're able to kind of sit back and look at like where you were at one point, like where you were basically paralyzed in a bed you couldn't do anything, couldn't mm-hmm. see. And then where you are today, where you're running your own business and look how vocal you are and you're speaking up and without any shame or hesitation and, um, and look how, cause it, you know, it's, it's a gradual thing. It doesn't just happen overnight. Exactly. Right. That's exactly right. I was, I, it started my business. I don't know if you want me to share this or not, but please, whatever you want. Um, my business polished the mirror started with, um, an anti-aging, uh, good for you, clean cosmetics and skincare line. Um, with all my chronic illnesses, you know, our skin is our largest organ. So mm-hmm. I have to be super careful what I put on my skin. So I did extensive research to found, find this company called, Cynogents, located in America, in Oklahoma, two hours from where I am. Okay. The female-owned business, debt-free, and I was doing that seven months in. They heard of my story and asked me to share it in front of, at, at their conference, their largest conference, in front of 2,000 women on the stage. And so I was able to share my story with these 2,000 women. I was able to develop my story, share it. And that made such a huge difference in my life. The power that comes with being able to share your story is remarkable. And that's why I'm so excited about what you're doing here is you're allowing people to share their stories and find that power that is within them. It's there. You just have to tap into it. And so that led me into becoming a story development coach to help others uh, develop their story, be able to share it and find that power that's within. Yeah. I mean, and, and no, and I appreciate what you said. And it, yeah, but as I think I, I said this a couple episodes ago, where I think the thing that I love about the show more than anything, just doing it, is that like I'm like finding myself within it. Like it's not just for the audience. Like I am learning as well, like about myself. I'm learning about other conditions. I'm learning about other traumas, like homelessness, things that I've never experienced. Um, but I'm, like I said, I'm learning, like I've been able to like help build my relationship with my father again. I'm I'm starting to build my relationship Mm. with my sister again. Um, you know, not, and not all relationships that were not like, most of them weren't really my fault, but it was like, I just want a healthier, as I said, bubble. I just, I just want a more clean area. Like I want my life to be 
a, a better space. You know, I'm even working out more and I'm trying to be um, a little more persistent on working out and, and trying to be healthier because I'm, I'm a skinny guy, but I'm just trying to be in better shape and um, just feel good about myself internally and, and, and externally. And um, yes, so th- yes. it's also a journey of, you know, the three, you know, I just hit my three year anniversary and it's like just doing this and yeah, the audience is growing at a slow pace, but it's like, it's growing and I'm mm-hmm. just trying, but I'm, as, as I'm doing it, I'm, I'm actually just kind of saying this to you, like, you know, kind of thinking about it on the fly here, just how much I am evolving and learning about myself through this last three, three years and a couple months here. Uh, it's, it's just been a fun adventure. And like I said, I, I've made so many friends and relationships out of it. And, you know, my goal is just to kind of get my story out there. And then now it's like, I just want to try to bring, bridge the gap between the people with disabilities. I feel like we're so spread apart and we don't support each other enough. And I just, yeah. I hate the idea of, you know, everyone just kind of sticks to their body part and then they don't want to help the others. And, you know, we just lost Judith Human, who was one of the most important, influential people in our community. And, you know, I feel like mm-hmm. more of us need to kind of pick up the baton and, and run with it and, and try to create more and do more for our community because it's it, we need it. Um, and we are the most yeah. like, unique, diverse community because every ethnicity, every gender, every everyone is included in this and but and there's so many variations of us because of so many different disabilities and we all need different things but what makes us different you know doesn't that doesn't necessarily isn't a bad thing it's okay like it's okay I mean we we are different people want us to make us different you know they they point it out and it's like okay I don't mind being different I just want you to appreciate me and understand me and give me equal opportunities because you know like I don't want anything special you know like I think you know, we I, one of the topics that we talk about sometimes on here is just like disability and how some people perceive it as is like, well, you're getting a free handout, good for you, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, I earned this, right. not in a good way. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't exactly. ask for this. Um, and so, like I said, it's, it's it's just important to with someone like you to have a message and do it in your own way through your business and try to help others because again, like it's, it's awesome to take your pain and and turn it into something positive because. You know, as you were saying, there's there's some really dark days. And if you could turn that into something good for how awful you felt, like the anxiety, this, the, you know, it's like, and it's, you can't even really explain it to, to most people. It's like a dream. Like when you, when you have a dream and something bad happens in the dream, you wake up all sweaty. But when you explain it to people, a lot of times it's just like, yeah, there is a, a lady chasing me around the grocery store with a, with a hoagie roll. And you're like, well, that doesn't sound that bad, but it's like the tone of that dream was real and I felt horrified mm-hmm. um, and, and it's hard to explain those dark moments sometimes and in, in the internal wars that you have with yourself and how low you feel and then the fact that you can turn all that around even if it's later in life you turn it around and, and you can do something to actually help someone else and impact them so they when they're laying in their you know mental filth and, and they're hating themselves or hating life there's some voice that just pops up and it's like oh my god it sounds just like me. Yes. Having a, you're talking about that. I, the stigma that we undergo as people with disabilities is, it's outrageous. However, this exactly what you said, having a community of us to band together where there are other people who, who understand what you're going through. It may be a different situation. It may be a different circumstance, but the feelings and emotions that we experience are very much the same. Yeah. And being able to find someone who understands 
is a huge step forward in my path. Yeah, for sure. And the reality is like we don't, most of us don't want disability. Most of us don't want any of that. We just want real opportunity. We want a real job. We want to be out with people to count on us. And, you know, like as you were talking about earlier about how, you know, you kind of felt shameful of laying in bed and, you know, having to, your your kids and your, your family take care of you because, you know, I've been through this and you feel like a burden mm-hmm. and you feel like you're just right. useless. And yeah. and it's like, that's the thing when you can give back and you can change all around and help and, you know, but at the same time, when you look back on it, it's also awesome to know that there are actually people out there because there is so much darkness and there is so much awfulness going on. It is awesome to know that there actually is real people that you can count on. And, you know, when you are at your worst, they still love you for who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's, you know, and that's, you know, it's so, I don't know, it, 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 for me, I, I'm, I'm so... Um, I'm trying to think of the word here. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm just so cognizant of trying to sh- give off positive vibes and positive energy, and I can't always be my best self because sometimes my mental health kicks me in the ass, or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Physically, I'm not feeling it or something. But I try to be as good as I can be to try to put out some good energy because if there's so much negative crap that's going on, it's just polluting the world. That it's like you have to yeah. you have to have positive voices, man. You just do, and, and you know that's why I say like because like there's people on here that have come on here and have said things that I don't necessarily agree with, and someone may say in my personal life like, well, how come you didn't like go? You weren't very combative with that. It's like because that's not I don't I want people to be able to be themselves unless they come on here and they're just being yeah. racist or something like homophobic or something. Then okay, I'm not gonna tolerate it. But it's not my job right. to like. It, however, someone got through the day. And how they're they're working with their life, and if it works for them, good for them. It's not my technique. It's not how I would go about it. But there might be someone out there that it can help. So who am I to take that from? Right. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's just like to me, I just you know, you just want fairness. You want people to get along. Um, is it is it possible possible entirely? No, not really, because people are people. But there are a lot of people out here that are hanging on by a thread, and you can try to save them. And, and you know, you and I have both been there. It's exactly, it's just wonderful. And you were, you know, there is so much negativity, not only in the world, but inside our heads that, that, you know, is vying for our attention. And so that's why I had to supplement that. Like I, when I couldn't find the positivity inside, I had to supplement it from like pouring it from somebody else, listening to someone else's positive messages so that I could get, through that, the negativity that I had inside, because sometimes we don't know how to get through it, and we have to depend on other people to help us get through that. And that's what that's what we are as a community, helping other people get through those times. Yeah, and I've said this before. Like it's kind of the whole idea of a of a community where you just like if something bad happens in the area, you know, some like every you know, let's say a kid goes missing, like everyone should be able to open their house and just say, look, let's find them. They're not in here. Let's just look around. We're going to find this kid because this is awful. And he's a part of our, he or she is a part of our community and we're going to find them. Um, and we just, right. people stick together, but we've gotten so far from that. It, 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 it's really, it's traumatizing at times where you just see all of this evilness that's happening and you have to find ways to kind of put on blinders to it, even though you want to know what's going on. But, 
there's so much of it that you just become desensitized to some of the stuff where it's like when a school shooting doesn't happen in a week, you're like, Oh, that's weird. And that's the weird part. That's yeah. like, why is that? Like, Oh, right. and you know, right. and it's like, and, and yeah. And as you said, like your own head is, it's like you, there's times where I'm just, I'm just chilling, watching something on Netflix and, and not bothered by anything you know, and I'm relatively having a good health day. And then all of a sudden my mind just, there's just random, you know, tap on the shoulder. Like, Hey, what about this? Remember, remember I told you, remember, remember mm-hmm. that time this and oh yeah. Remember, oh man, you, you really are ugly. And you're like, Whoa, what the, what was that about? Yeah, I, exactly. You know, it's like, oof, like it's just, and it's, and it's, it's usually very brief. It just pops in and you're like, oof, man, like, and it's like, how do I deal with, how do I deal with that issue? And sometimes they just right. go, sometimes they just go away and, and, and all that. But sometimes it just lingers and stays there with you. And it, oof, it, it can, it can really mm-hmm. beat you down. Just those random, just out of nowhere thoughts. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, I was telling this story before where um trying to get used to this new damn mic because it keeps moving there we go um but i was telling a story where i was with my mother and um she i I was i was fighting all kind of wars in my head i was in a really bad place but we were at a grocery store and you know i'm cursing myself out of my head and saying all these things and my head is just on fire it's just burning um and she had a friend that she knew, I don't know, she worked with him, I don't remember, some years ago, and he comes up and she goes, hey, this is so-and-so, hey, this is my son TJ, and um, I, he sticks his hand out, and I stick my hand out, but it's so, like, sheepish, and it's just, like, it is the worst handshake I've ever given. I had no real grip, nothing, it was the shakiest, like, hey, and I think I was like, hey, how you doing? And I gave him nothing, mm. like just nothing, because I, I didn't have anything left. I was literally yeah. in battle mode inside my head, and whatever was outside was what outside of me. But I wanted, internally, I wanted to just be like, hey, man, what's going on? But I was just dead. Like, I had nothing. And, you know, I don't know how he felt about me, because I think that might have been the only interaction I ever had with him. But if he thought I was a complete asshole, he'd every right to feel like because I gave him nothing. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's how, like... You know, like I said, you, sometimes you just don't have anything left and your mind can just take you down just a giant spiral, you know, long spiral of, of just hell. And, you know, you have to find ways to put that fire out because it, it, it's not just going to go away on its own. It won't. Cause exactly. Especially exactly. when you go through the things that we have because you have to deal with the trauma and the PTSD of all of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I've stated many times on here before, a lot of times the disability, that the actual physical part of it isn't the worst part of the disability. It's everything else that comes with it. It's all the discrimination and, you know, the lack of resources and, and, you know, just how people treat you. It's life that makes the, you know, it puts a magnifier over your disability and, and, and just, you know, expands it and makes it feel so much worse than um, than yeah. the, the already pain that's going on with inside and outside so true that is so true and we don't i mean just like i have a dis- disabled placard that i you know can park in the handicapped parking sure and 
if because there are days where I feel better, you know, no day is the same. I'm sure it's like that with with most of us that no day is the same. So some days I have days that are better that I don't have to use my walking devices and my neck brace. And so I look like a normal person. Mm -hmm. And so you would not know that I am disabled just by looking at me at times. And so I get a lot of strange looks uh, just when parking and disabled parking, when I don't have my you know, devices that I'm using. Yeah, absolutely. Can you, can you just explain like a little bit like how your condition like affects you daily currently? Sure. I, um, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the anatomy of the neck, but uh, the den is injured and that is between C1 and C2, it's what helps hold the head up. Okay. And so because it's injured, um, I have what's called uh, cranial cervical instability. I also have um, a tendon in my neck that was injured in the fall. And so it's, it doesn't work to balance my head. So I can only hold my head up for a few hours at a time. I have to lay down and rest my neck, you know, throughout the day. Uh, my energy are you familiar with the spoon theory? I've heard it, but I, I I can't really grasp it in my head. So please, can you tell me? Okay. Yeah, sure. It's basically where you start the day with a specific number of spoons. I start the day with like 10 spoons. And simply getting up, fixing my breakfast, that requires three spoons. Um, helping my son get, get the things done that he needs to get done, that take four spoons so I'm just left with what three more spoons for the rest of the day yeah so I have to figure out what am I going to do or not do to to make the best use of those three spoons that I have left right try to spread yes I literally have to plan my days around what's happening like if I have interviews or if I have to go to the doctor or to the chiropractor I have to adjust my spoons so that I have enough left to make it to that appointment to drive there and drive myself back because I'm able to drive myself now, um, which side note is exhausting. And, and I don't know if it's just my brain injury, but driving, it takes so much concentration and so much thinking. I think we allow 16 year olds to do this, you know, but <laughs> it, just, it's, it takes so much focus and energy just to drive anywhere. I, I really have to be careful and limit myself on my driving time um, and just plan out the day around, you know, my energy levels. And, and it, I could wake up and, you know, be completely wiped out already. So it really depends on what, what that day holds. Now, and again, I'm sure you've discussed this or attempted to, but what about like some sort of like cast around your neck that can kind of hold everything together? Is that, that does not do anything? From what I understand, because I saw my neurosurgeon, excuse me, the last time I saw my neurosurgeon, um, he said, because I have a fusion from C4 through C7, but C6 and 7 are not fused. Like this was oh, eight years ago and they're still not fused. So it, it not only is the dens injured, but I have an unfused vertebrae in there, so it wobbles around. And so he said the only thing he knew to do would to be to do another fusion from the occipital all the way down to T1, 
which would prevent me from turning my head, you know, being able to do a lot of the things that I'm able to do now, I wouldn't be able to do. And it didn't fuse the first time. I, I don't know that it will fuse again. And with the, the injured tendon, um, that has to be, how did he put it, um, completely incapacitated for a certain length of time. So I could wear like a halo device where it just is bolted to my skull, where I just cannot move at all for a certain amount of time. And it could heal itself, but there's no guarantee. And so I, that's just not a risk I'm willing to take right now, you know. No, that's understandable. Um, I'm able to be independent right now. I'm still in a lot of, I live in pain and I still have to rest a lot and I'm not able to do a lot of things, but I am able to do a lot more than I have been able to do in the past. And so it's kind of a, you know, you got to figure out, is it worth it to take that risk or am I okay with living the way I, I live now, you know, for the rest of my life? Yeah. So it's definitely a tough thing. No, I, yeah, I fully comprehend and understand what you're saying because you have to really weigh your options and you have to look into percentages and, and what will work, what won't. And, you know, okay, if it'll work, how long's recovery? And, and, you know, again, what's the percentages of the recovery fully working? And what's what's the percentages of uh something negative happening and what are those negative things and, and you have to weigh all that until you get to a point it's like how much do i hate my situation right now and how much am i willing yeah. to risk to mess that up because it's like okay like this could work let's say this is a 40 percent chance this will work but it's a 60 percent chance that it could get worse it's like well i don't like exactly. those odds at all like that sounds terrible right. And then you have to appreciate, like, okay, so I can I can drive. It's exhausting. It can't. It's not the greatest. Yeah, my, my life situation is is can be very strenuous at times and frustrating and painful. But the alternative is laying in the bed, paralyzed, not being able to see, listening to audiobooks. So right. it's like right. this is so much better. And again, like your situation yeah. sounds horrible, but it's not in comparison to where you first came from. Um, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I've been presented with other procedures myself and one that, you know, they said it was, it wasn't even a 50% chance it would work. And it was like an overwhelmingly like 60, 70% chance it would get infected and all these different things. And it was like, screw this. I'm not doing that one. Right. It's exactly. And it's like, well, yeah, but there's a 30% chance it could work and you could have good vision in your bad eye. It's like, I don't care. I'd rather have no vision in my bad eye. And, and just not dealing with infections. I got enough crap on my plate. I don't need that. You know? <laughs> exactly. That's right. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, and then I, I don't know about for you, but like some of this stuff is so like demoralizing and so tiring because I go to the eye doctor all the time and constantly mm. having little complications and things. And it's just like I, I found a couple that really care. But it's like there's so much medical jargon and you just you just feel like you're just another patient and they're not treating you like a human at times. You're just like, you know, this is like my life we're talking about here, right? Like this isn't just like I get it insurance and money's important and all that. But it's like, my God, like when do we care about like the person in this situation? Because this is like tiring. And then not even that, like you go in there times and you may be feeling good 
And then, you know, I don't know how it works with, with your condition, but like, like mine, a lot of times I end up being like a lab rat where like a new study will come in. I'm like, well, here, this is a new doctor, Dr. So-and-so, and they're going to come and take a look at your eyes. And do you see where all the scar tissue is there? And you see the damage here and this and this and this. And you're like, Jesus Christ, like I knew all this, but do we not have to go over this again? And it's like, it, it's almost like, yeah. look how impressive, how, look how damaged he is. Like, isn't this impressive? Like, yeah. and for me, it's like, hello, like, I'm a, I'm a human here. Like I, I'm starting to get really depressed over this shit. And like, I don't really want to rehash this stuff, but you know, and again, you're strong and you get up and you, you walk away and whatever, but then you go home and sometimes you just kind of, you know, swallow it. It just, it just feels wrong. You're like, ugh. And there's so much advocating for yourself. That's what I've found. Like I've really been blessed with a great team of doctors. I love all of my doctors. I really feel like they care truly about me, but they could not figure out what was wrong with me other than, you know, it took them six months to figure out my neck was injured, first of all. Mm -hmm. But I had all these other issues that they just could not figure out. I mean, I went to out-of-state specialists, you know, and they just wanted to say, well, we just, you know, it's just going to be this way. But I was like, no, it, it's not. I, I'm going to figure this out. And I think that's something about us. We have that determined spirit. Like, I'm not going to, stop just because you don't know you're not willing to admit it i'm going to do my part to advocate for myself to figure it out and by doing that it took six years but i finally found a specialist who figured out that i have uh, it's called dysautonomia mm -hmm. which is uh, a dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system so my blood pressure will bottom out and i just pass out sometimes or i get lightheaded um, I feel faint, dizzy a lot. So another reason I have to lay down quite a bit. But the self-advocacy -advo is a huge part of what we also have to do to be able to get better. I mean, do you find that? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Do, do you find that to be true? Oh, yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say having to advocate for yourself just because doctors simply don't know. It's not that they yeah. don't want to help. It's just because they don't know. No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and you got to advocate for yourself in life. And like, you know, I've always said about myself, like, I'm I'm not the biggest guy in the world. Um, and I'm visually impaired. And it's a lot of ways that people can look down on me. And mm -hmm. I came from a rough city in Philadelphia. And so I have like a very determined, like, personality and you know, uh, sometimes it's come out of me of, of, of anger because people push you and put, and I'm a person that like, I don't bother people. I leave people alone. I let, I accept people for who they are. I let them be. And at some point right. it's like, I tell people like, look, man, you, I'm at a place in my life where now my, my filter's going away. I'm a person. I will give you respect. I don't care what you're into, what you're not into. Just respect me and leave me be. Don't talk down to me. Don't belittle me. Just let me be me within reason, you know, unless I'm going chaotic which I won't and you know and and it's like I feel like at times I have to like let people know because some people and I've done it at work where just you know somebody will call it an outburst where it's like no man I when a person's constantly repeating themselves to me and I told them they get it and they don't get it that I got it it's at some point it's like dude you're gonna you're gonna the tone of the conversation will change because you don't respect me and if you're not gonna respect me I have to give you a reason to respect me because you if you think I'm small and you think I'm just somebody you don't you shouldn't respect 
I don't want you to fear me, but it's like, I just want you to understand, like, I'm a person and I, I, I believe who I am. I'm fighting for who I am. And I'm not, I've gotten this through this for 30 years and 34 now, but I've dealt with this for 30 years. Like, and it's like, I've been discriminated and pushed around and bullied and molested and all these things have happened to me. And at some point it's like, you got to just say no. And the bullying never right. stops. And not to make it completely worst case scenario, but it's like when you advocate for yourself, it's not just for a job. It's not just for, you know, your doctors, right? It's just everywhere in life because you can go into a coffee shop and as soon as they see that you are looking at your phone close, it's like, oh, oh my God. It's like, no, I don't want that. I don't want you to treat me like a child. I just want you right. to under- understand, you know, to your best of your ability and just give me respect. That's all. And if I tell you I can't see something, help me out. I don't, you know, that's all I want. I don't, I don't need anything else. But so, yeah, like I find it very hard sometimes because I just advocating for myself, it, it, it becomes a job in itself sometimes because it's like, and I, I'm not a person that likes to talk about myself a lot. I don't like to just be, I do it on here because I, you know, we're having a conversation and we're getting to know each other type stuff, but you know, sure. and it's my show. So I'm trying to share and, and, and be as transparent, as honest with people as I can. But yeah, it, it, it gets hard because I'm, I have to sit here and go, I, and me, and it's like, no, man, like, just, just leave me alone. <laughs> like, just, just, just try to understand. Right. What is the matter? Yes, it sounds like setting boundaries. That's, that's a tough thing for me, too. Yeah. Is uh, setting boundaries, because I don't want to offend people. No, you know? of course not. I, I want, I, I, my mission is to help people, and I d- never want to be offensive. But at the same time, I have to stand up for what I believe in and not allow people to treat me in a way that's going to be disrespectful. And, you know, there's a whole, that could be a whole different show, you know, in and of itself. But there's a, a measure of that that definitely has to happen as well. For sure. I remember one time, and I'm, I'm not a super religious person. I'm not saying I don't believe, but, you know, I was with a friend who was very religious and he took me to a Bible study. And I didn't really want to go. But, he, you know, we sat down and they started, you know, playing a tape and they were just all conversing. And I'm just I was just sitting there listening. I wasn't really I, I wasn't really there to engage. And then at some point they wanted my input. And I'm like, nah, you don't really want mine because I, I, mine's my input's a little out there. I'm not going to, you know, be very politically correct with what I say. And then they started mm-hmm. doing the whole, well, you know, Jesus cured blindness. And I'm like, don't do that. Like, don't try to guilt me. Oh, and, like, and and then, <laughs> you know, and then I was trying to, because, and then they were like, you know, we got to a point where they were talking about, you know, the difference between sinners and nonsense. I'm like, but you see what you're doing? Like, I'm saying certain things and you're putting me in a category. And, and the one guy next to me was black. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, like you're doing the same thing that everyone else does. Like he's black and I'm white. And the guy was like, you know what, you know what color I am? I'm like, yeah, because you listen to them. You, you listen to that, that. You said I was blind. I'm not blind. I can see some. It's just, and it's like, you, you mm. gotta, like, you feel like you always have to be on defense for yourself. Like you're like a defense attorney for yourself. And you're like, no, like he's a good guy. He's this. And it's like, no, I hate doing that. I don't want to like be in defense. Yeah. I just, I just want you to just go like, okay, like, and I don't, I understand. I'm not saying don't notice it. I get it. I'm, I'm a little different in a lot of ways, not just the visually impaired part, but it's just like, just, um, just be okay with differentness. It's not a big deal. It just isn't. And I don't like, I've always tried to be that person that just like, if someone is in a wheelchair or something, give them the respect, say hi and treat them the same. Like it's it's not like I don't notice the big ass wheelchair. Of course. But that doesn't mean right. anything. That doesn't mean they're a lesser of a person. They just have one problem that, you know, and God knows what else they're dealing with complications, but they're still a person. And Exactly. Know. And I think most of us feel that way. Most of us just wanted to be treated as normal. 
even with all the things that we deal with, that we really want people to just see us as people and not as people with disabilities. And yeah. so, and that's a tough thing to live with and to, and to help other people be able to see us in that way. Yeah. And you and I are fortunate enough that we can blend in sometimes where we don't look disabled. Um, yes. Because, you know, I've been told many times that you don't look blind because I don't have the dog and the cane and all that. And I said, I'm not blind. I'm legally blind. There's a difference. And, yeah. you know, when people look close enough in my eyes, they know something's off. But when you just look at me in regular life, when I'm not, you know, because I don't, I don't fall a lot. I don't trip over things all the time. But if you look close enough, like when you see me to go put a, when I go to put something in a hole, like a, like a key into a door, like you notice I'm grabbing the door, feeling for the hole, putting the key. Like there's, you can, if you pay attention enough, you'll know. But mm. if you're not looking, it, it just looks like I'm, you know, because I'm not just, because tr- people just think, well, well, you're blind. So you must, when you go to a grocery store, you're just running into the fruit section and there's fruit everywhere. It's like, no, that's not how it works. I know how to navigate through mm. aisles. And if you, I know blind people that can do amazing things and yeah, you'll notice that they're blind because they're feeling around and using their cane, but they're not doing what you think they're going to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it, yeah, as you said, like it, it can be very challenging advocating for yourself for, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I really enjoyed visiting with you today. Yeah, I appreciate it. I hope we can, so nice. I hope we can stay in <clears> touch, become friends and support each other and, um, I would love that. If your uh, listeners want to get a hold of me, my website is www.getamyshelp.com. G E T A M Y S H E L P.com. And you can reach me there. Absolutely. Um, before we go, do you have any kind of message for anybody who, you know, let's say a younger version of you just laying in the laying in the bed or, or whatever, just somewhere that equated to someone who's in a really bad place and, you know, they're wanting to go themselves and they just need some sort of inspiration to kind of lift them up and, and pull them out like those podcasters did for you. I would definitely say that your circumstances do not define your worth. You are worthy just because you exist. You don't have to have something to make you worthy. Even laying there in a bed like that, I was still worthy. I was still, I still deserve to be alive. I still deserve to be a human and to be loved by people simply because I existed. So it doesn't matter the circumstances. And, and I didn't see it at the time. You don't see it at the time. But if you can convince yourself that you are worthy just because you exist, that will help so, so much. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's awesome. Again, like I thank you for for really for coming on, especially just quick notice like that. You just jumped on, and uh, like I said, you just never know when you're going to meet someone out here. It's just on the same path, same mission. And um, like I said, I'm sorry for everything exactly. you had to go through, but I'm so happy what you've turned into. So thank you for for being on. Well, I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this and for allowing me to share my story with you. I, I've enjoyed it a lot. Anytime, and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Ah, what a sweet lady. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I literally just met her like an hour ago. Um, just trying to find a few guests here and there. I think there'll be a few more people who are going to come on as well. But she, uh, yeah, she jumped right on it, man. I'm f- surprised. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys again for coming on. I gave you kind of a brief update within that episode there that, you know, 
things are getting a little back to normal with my vision. Uh, yes, I'm sorry for all the kids out there yelling. Ugh, kids. Um, I shouldn't say that because I... That's like my cynical side because I actually am pretty good with kids. I just... A lot of kids just... Ugh, gross. But, you know, there's some good kids out there. So, not that I'm being politically correct and just changing my, you know, just because it may it may piss somebody. I don't really care about that. It's just I know... I've been around some kids recently, a friend of mine and her two kids were over here and yeah, I'm actually really good with them. So it's not, it's just some kids I like, some kids are just no thanks. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll get on to another, another episode, I'll get into it about, you know, kind of building a relationship with my sister here, reached out to her. So that's another thing that's some, some positive noise in, in my, in my life. But, um, yeah, I'm probably just gonna go watch a really violent show for the hell of it. Um. You know, that you just need some some chaoticness, and I like the complete opposite of what's going on in my life. Not that there's not chaos, but not that kind of chaos. I just want to go watch like The Punisher, and uh, kind of just you know melt my brain, just not think too much. You know, there's some real drama in it that you have to pay attention to, but that's a good show. John Bernthal is one of the greatest actors; he's awesome. But I've seen it already before. It's just kind of just kind of going through it again because I enjoyed the show. Um, I'm telling you this, I don't know nonsense but that's what i'm gonna go do i'm just gonna relax i got i'm off tomorrow and i'm just gonna kind of take it easy maybe maybe another podcast will come up here i don't know but um yeah thank you guys for being here with me and i see the numbers are actually going up a little bit lately so i just i appreciate for anybody who's listening someone reached out to me the other day who's actually a listener so um that wants to be on the show so thank you um for anybody out there and if you want to share your story you're more than welcome please just reach out to me and um we'll uh we'll do something um obviously if it's a story i don't necessarily just want someone to come on just to like hey i uh, like my favorite team is the boston red sox well if you did that anyway i'd hate you because i don't like the red sox but um but yeah you know I'm, I'm i try to be uh an open book for anyone out there i try to just be available for people just please message me and i'll, I'll get back to you um, so yeah, thank you guys again. I'll uh, I'll see you next week. Okay. Uh, buh, huh, uh, buh, buh, buh. Will I hit the right button? I did. Oh, no bullet. By the way, he left. Bye, guys. <laughs>